Chase Young may finally be on the direct path to returning for the Washington Commanders. When you should expect to see number 99 suiting up for the first time this year, we're going to tell you that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison. My co-host is Chris the Rooster Russell, both of us credentialed members of the media covering your Commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where you'll find Heat and Pete Medhurst live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. Monday through Friday or anytime on the Odyssey app. I am on Commander Country, where I write about your Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Yep, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. All right, David, we saw it first from J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington and 106.7 The Fan. It seems likely that Chase Young will be activated by Wednesday from the IR to start the 21-day option window, uh, which needs to be worked within and he needs to be Mm -hmm. activated from within that 21 days when it becomes official in order to return to the 53-man roster or to be put on season-ending IR. So that means if all goes according to plan, he he should be activated on Wednesday, according to what Ron Rivera told Finley. Uh, And again, that would kick off a three-week window However, it is very unlikely, according to JP and I guess through Ron, that and and it makes sense that he would not play this Sunday in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you talk about the prospect of Chase Young coming back uh, for Week Eight, you know, that's that's really not a hundred percent realistic. This guy has has missed nearly a year of competitive football, and then just watching him as he's kind of worked out, and, and you know, again, we don't get a, a front row view of his workouts or his training sessions or anything like that, but. He just he's it's been a very, very gradual buildup to where Chase Young can return to the practice field with his team. And not only that, but he plays a position that is extremely physical. Every single down, this grown human being is colliding with another grown human being. So uh while we saw, you know, Tyler Larson and Brian Robinson both get activated and be active for a game and on the roster all in the same week, that expectation should not be there in week eight against Indianapolis Colts when it comes to Chase Young. Yeah, it's true. They were. Uh, and, and and you're right. There is differences. I mean, Tyler Larson missed a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was that was kind of quick. But if memory serves, he didn't start the no. first game that he came back. Right. right. Um, you know, so that so that's a, a difference. And I guess you could do the same with Chase. That's why. According to the report, they're not ruling it out. But you mentioned some dates, right? Think about this. Again, November 14, 2021 against the Buccaneers. Uh, I was there. Uh, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, it, it was frightening, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to you know, to see. And you kind of knew it was bad right away. Um, he could return if he doesn't return this Sunday in Indianapolis against Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. That would be on November 6th. That would put him eight days shy of the one-year anniversary of when he actually, again, suffered the injury. And, of course, if for whatever reason they go really, really slow here in terms of the actual activation to the 53, or if he has 
some sort of a setback as soon as he gets out there, which we have to build in as a possibility. Yeah, it's possible that he doesn't return. And I know we're jumping ahead of ourselves until the Monday night football game in Philadelphia, which David would be exactly one year to the day after he originally torn it. Yeah, I think it's most likely you see him returning against Minnesota, uh, especially if, you know, this team can get a win against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, when when you have uh, this hindsight thing, everybody's going to get a little bit, I don't want to say frustrated, but, you know, you have the win against Green Bay Packers. You have the win against Chicago Bears. Everybody knows this team could have, probably should have beaten the Tennessee Titans. So really this this team that's on a two-game winning streak could be or should be on a three-game winning streak. If you beat the Colts, you're coming back home to welcome Kirk Cousins into FedEx with a four-game winning streak in your back pocket. And now you have the return of Chase Young to really kind of elevate the atmosphere, elevate the team, uh, kind of the way that, you know, Taylor Heineke did with this, like this, un, not, not undescribable, but unquantifiable, just emotional uplifting, right? And, and what a great scene that would be because after Minnesota, then you have other winnable games against some other teams. And of course, you have some tough games too, but it would just be a really good way to kind of keep the emotions running at a good level. Uh, for the team. So I do think Minnesota is most likely. I don't think the Colts are most likely. But what I think is fun about this entire game, really, and, and not the chase injury part, but the from the schematic uh, chess game that is the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts got to get ready for number 99 anyway. You know what I mean? Like they can't afford if you're if you're going to be a professional, you can't afford to just assume chase isn't going to be out there on the field. And the thing that really hurts them is he's not going to be on the injury report all week. So outside of like my tweets, your tweets, JP's tweets at practice. You're really not going to get a full picture of it, and he's not going to have an official game designation unless the team activates when, when, activates him, which they could do Saturday if they choose to. So if the Colts don't prepare for him, they may find out Saturday afternoon, evening, that they've got Chase Young coming on the field, and now they've got to get ready for a guy they haven't prepared for all week. Just one more thing the Colts have to worry about, which we're going to get into uh, next segment coming up because they've got plenty of things going on. And if we think things are messed up here in Washington, uh, they got plenty of things going on in Indianapolis. One uh, note, and you jotted it down and it re-jogged my memory. This is something we've talked about a couple of times, you and I, I know. Um, And and again, (laughs) trying to figure out the timeline in these things is weird. But one thing we know that, is like the timeline on his return is variable that we just established the timeline on a major decision that Washington is going to have to make is not variable. That's going to come like right after the NFL draft. I don't remember the exact date because they keep switching the calendar, but give or take right around May 1st, let's just use that. And that is the decision to make, or uh, to give Chase Young the fifth-year option, right? Now, that wouldn't be for next year, year four of his career. That would be for the following year, meaning the 2024 regular season. And why that's important is because they would have to fully guarantee his salary at a pretty high number for that fifth year, regardless of injury, right? So The more data they get, remember they GPS track everything now and you know offload and onload and all that stuff. The yeah. more data they have to say, okay, not only is Chase Young healthy, but is he back? Is right. he Chase Young? The more data you have and the more information you have and the more tape you have, I wonder how that affects that decision. Yeah, and honestly, is he better? Like, don't forget... 
the last time Chase Young played consistently for this team, there were some murmurs yeah. and some some you know not necessarily by name calling him out, but there were some conversations about Chase uh, playing off script and a little too much freelancing and how that was hurting the team. So honestly, in some ways, uh, is he better? So the Commanders found themselves in a bind when they lost Chase Young last year. And yeah, perhaps they're going to have to find themselves in a bind making a tough decision this offseason on that fifth-year option. We'll definitely talk more about that as he returns and as the season unfolds. Unfortunately for them, they had, they had to find all their answers when they lost Chase internally. Fortunately for you all and, and you and I, Chris, as well, we can get some outside help when we need it. And now a word from our sponsors, uh, better help, because sometimes there's so much going on in life that whether it's breaking news from the commanders in our cases or family occurrences, just the daily grind of adulting. And sometimes the problems feel so big that it's hard to move into problem-solving mode. But when you solve those problems, it feels really great. And it feels like you can conquer the world and anything else. A therapist can be your partner in problem solving and making it easier to achieve those goals. Sometimes we can't see the forest through the trees and bringing an outside party into the fold is extremely helpful. I found I'm more likely to be completely honest about my hurdles with a stranger, which kind of sounds weird, uh, but especially a stranger that's equipped with the tools I need to be successful. And then as they stop becoming a stranger, become more familiar, they become more familiar with me and they help me get through the things I need to get through better, better help. Not only wants to be a part of the solution, but they have convenient, accessible and affordable professionals ready for you online or over the phone on or off camera. However you want to do it is crafted for you. And if you don't like your first pairing, you can get a new one with no hassle. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash locked on one thing that can help you if you're an employer a boss a hire is linkedin jobs that's right high stakes wagering for small business uh is at stake with every hire that you make every decision that you make that's why you got to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free Here's what you're going to do. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're indeed hiring. You have simple tools like screening questions. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills so you don't waste your time. You get the right candidates with the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then who you want to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, breaking news on Monday. The Commanders will see Sam Ellinger in week eight and not Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. As we dive into what that means, we want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view each and every day. Of course, when we're done here, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories in sports, beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's available on this app. I'm sure they're going to be talking about this is the Colts benching of Matt Ryan, apparently for the rest of the season and in place, Sam Ellinger, a former sixth round pick goes in. Apparently Nick Foles won't even be, you know, he won't be the starter, at least for right now. Apparently no. he'll be the backup up, which means and should mean that Matt Ryan might not even dress this Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. David, when I heard this news on Monday afternoon on my way home from doing the radio show, I almost drove off the road. I was stunned. I was shocked. We are 
in week eight. I really did not see this one coming as early as it did, even though the results were very mixed for Matt Ryan. I'll say the comments of what I first thought when I heard the news uh, for that portion. But first, I mean, first thing we got to look at, right, is why is Matt Ryan being benched? And when you look at what Matt Ryan and Indianapolis Colts have produced together in this first season, uh, together most likely last from from the way that everything's looking nine interceptions so far for Matt Ryan worse than the National Football League 24 sacks tied for worse than the National Football League and 11 fumbles worse than the National Football League so as much as some people you know we, people didn't like the Carson Wentz trade they didn't like bringing him in the Colts kind of did you know their their uh their propaganda they spun up their propaganda machine to make sure that everybody knew that Carson Wentz was the problem uh I mean he did better than Matt Ryan did Right. I mean, from from a from a per game perspective, I mean, seven interceptions all year with the Colts last year is what Carson had. Matt's already got nine. We're not even 50 percent through the season. So call it what you want. But obviously this experiment to get rid of Carson Wentz, bringing in Matt Ryan to lead a playoff caliber team has not provided fruit for for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. To me, this reeks of a panic move. I'm yeah. sorry. I, you know, look, I know Matt Ryan hasn't been good, but just last week I watched him throw for, I think it was 400 plus yards and tear up. Now it's not a great defense in Jacksonville, but it is yeah. an improved defense as we saw in week one. Uh, and as we've seen, and it's again, the team that knocked them out of playoff contention last year. Absolutely. Correct. Good point. I forgot about that. Um, I, listen, I, nobody is sitting here making excuses for Matt Ryan, but that offensive line has had a ton of injuries. They did la so last year uh, down the stretch. They haven't gotten much healthier and or better. Jonathan Taylor just returned to the lineup on Sunday. This seems like to me more of an impulse decision than even the impulse decision to get rid of Carson Wentz. But it seems like there's one driving common vehicle here, David, and that's Jim Irsay. Yeah, this is right. Jim, this is Jim Irsay. This has yeah. Jim Irsay written all over. It. And honestly, I honestly I'm to the point now where anything that happens with the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Wright, I'm really not even going to put it at the feet of Frank Wright. This is Jerry Jones syndrome at its worst. Every yeah. NFL owner now, and, and I say every, I'm being hy hyperbolic, right? Not every NFL owner actually does it, but we know some NFL owners do it, <clears throat> right? They all want to be Jerry. They all want to be the GM and the owner. They want to build the team. They want to hire the coach. They want to construct the team and win the Lombardis and do all that stuff. And look, Jerry Jones has had some success doing it. He's also had a lot of bad years and, and a lot of non-success uh, doing it. And, and he's probably the only one I would say is like the shining example of an owner who can also run mm -hmm. part, uh, the, the, the football side of his team. Jim Irsay, this is what happens when non-football people make football decisions. First and foremost, he trades Carson Wentz, not for football reasons, but for personal reasons. And then he brings in Matt Ryan uh, because he thinks he's going to be the ultimate savior uh, of his team. And now he's, he's I don't know if he's forcing Frank Reich to bench him, but he's they're, they're benching him. And Jim Mercedes out there in the world saying he's a great leader. He's a super leader. Well, that's fantastic. But your team is failing. Your team is struggling. And I just feel like Frank Reich is basically being pushed from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. And his head coaching record is going to be uh, the thing that ultimately takes the brunt of this impact from Jim Ursay trying to be Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, apparently Ursay, Chris Ballard, the general manager, and Frank Reich met for many hours, I guess, on Sunday night after returning yeah. from Nashville. It's kind of similar uh, the way it was described. Uh, you know, to the the powwow, if you will, without the finality of what happened at the end of last year in Jacksonville with Carson yeah. Wentz. They're trying to obviously save their season. What I don't no, get, you, what was that? No, they're not. 
That's the, that's the first thing I thought when this this is a tank move. They can say whatever they want about Sam Mailinger. We want to give him time to see if this is – listen, this is a second-year quarterback you drafted in the sixth round. You don't right. draft a franchise quarterback in the sixth round. I don't care what Tom Brady has done. Nobody drafts a six-round quarterback and says that is the future of our franchise. The closest you're going to get but that, is Sam Howell slipping to the fifth, but that's not Sam Ellinger. This is a completely different situation. But that's why this reeks of desperation, right? Yeah. It, it just seems like, hey, this pasta didn't stick to the wall, so let's try this pasta. What we can say is what this <laughs> means potentially for the Washington yes. Commanders, because Sam Ellinger, you just mentioned a six-round pick, and 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 probably appropriately so. Uh, yep. A year ago, he gets his first start in the NFL against Commanders. He has not thrown one regular season pass yep. yet. He's played a bunch in the preseason, so it's not like right. he has no game experience, David. But I know you paid attention to him much closer than I at Texas. I mean, I watched him on TV. I know he's athletic, but I yep. don't know – a lot, if you will, about Sam Ellinger. So I know you right. know some things, so I'm going to tee you up. Yeah, I mean, so less so specifically at Texas, more so during the draft process, and he was at the Senior Bowl. So, of course, he's, he's a guy that I have my eye on just because he's simply because he's there, not a guy that really stood out to me. But I'll tell you something that does stand out to me, Chris, and I think that the Washington Commanders should be able to uh, take this, you know, take this thing to their, to their advantage. And what your thoughts on here is his release. This guy has got, Perhaps the longest release since Tim Tebow. I mean, first of all, he holds the ball between sternum and belly button, which mm -hmm. is is about here. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can't see my hands. That's a problem when you're talking about being an NFL quarterback. If you can't see the quarterback's hands, if I'm demonstrating it here in my frame, that is a problem. That's way too low. But the, the end result of that is that he drops the ball, winds the arm around, and then comes up to throw mm -hmm. the ball. So that's that's the release that you're dealing with, which if you're an NFL cornerback or safety or even a linebacker, especially in zone coverage where you're supposed to be watching the quarterback, not only are you keying on the eyes, but as the move, the arm starts moving, that now gives you that half a second more that you usually don't have to potentially turn uh, what could be a deflection or a hit as the ball arrives into an interception. Very interesting. Now, you know, again, I, I think that certainly favors a pass rush that has been getting home, but by abusing some chopped up offensive linemen, uh, offensive lines in the last yeah. at least three games, meaning the commanders, uh, and again, a rookie that might be a little bit jittery. One thing to point out, uh, in his preseason stints, and he's he's played, I, I think it's six total games over the last two years since being drafted. He had three interceptions in his rookie year, but yeah. none, none in this past preseason. Again, for whatever that's worth. And I know athleticism, again, is something at 6'1", 220 that he can bring to the table because that I... We did see we did see that. We did see that element of his game. So that could make life a little bit more difficult for the commanders than maybe they I mean, they had it with Justin Fields. They had it a little bit with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they didn't really have it all that much with Aaron Rodgers, despite what Aaron Rodgers used to be. Yeah, I'll say this. He's less Kyler Murray. He's more Josh Allen. He's more of a bigger athlete than he is a quicker athlete. So that is going to be some 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 areas for potential concern. And the commanders aren't going to have any film to really get prepared for him on that aspect. But you have the talent up front, the way this defense has been playing. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Now, look, the Colts have coaches and, and he's been in the NFL now this second year. So they saw his release. They know what that is. So they should be making some changes to it. But my biggest thing is going to be the processing part of this because mm -hmm. the game is faster in the regular season than it is the preseason. This is still a, a second year quarterback. He's essentially a rookie on 
the regular season NFL field because this is his first time uh, getting a start here. It is his first time the offense is going to be on his shoulders. I expect some of those bad habits, even if they've been coached out of it or out of him, they're going to come back because he's a young guy. He's going to start res- res- or relying on his instincts, and those instincts are the long windup, getting locked on targets, and he he was known for playing hero ball a lot in college. In college, you can get away with that a little bit in the, in the National Football League. Even a defense that's not getting a lot of takeaways, this could be a game where you see a couple, if not three, takeaways for the Commander's defense. All right, coming up on the Locked On Commander's podcast, we will wrap up with a voicemail and Ron Rivera. Something interesting he said at his Monday morning press conference. That is next. But first, we tell you about our friends at PrizePix and PrizePix.com. Here's what you're going to do. Pick between two and five individual players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you are going to win. So say you like Lamar Jackson on Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but less than his prize picks projection passing yards projection. And maybe you combine that with an NHL play or an NBA play. You can pick between two and five individual players, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com right now to sign up and play. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit bonus uh, match, rather, up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. <laughs> We heard from Ron Rivera on Monday, and he had some interesting things to say, some good things to say. But before we talk about what Ron had to say, let's hear from one of the Commanders fans, a listener, a viewer of the Locked On Commanders podcast. David, Chris, Washington win. Washington win. Also, David, I want to say thank you. I did take the bet on the plus five and then the plus 41 and a half points. You know, we won that parlay. So I appreciate you calling that out on the uh, podcast. But I think a lot was shown today. I think Taylor Heineke showed that he knew the offense a lot better. Moving forward, if you can win games with Heineke, uh, I think it's going to be difficult to throw Carson Wentz back out there. So we'd like to see what happens against Indy. And if he can win against Indy and see how this team gets rolling, it might be something to look forward to to see if uh, Heineke at least makes some things happen. And then shout out, Taylor, uh, shout out to Terry McLaren. He balled out, and that's Heineke's favorite target. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, David. And go Washington. All right. Thank you very much to Mark for that voicemail. Good job there. Uh, David, by the way, you uh, deserve some credit, uh, my friend. You were one, uh, was it one point off? I think your final projection was 24-21 Washington, yeah, if memory serves. Washington 24-21 and, you know, right. whatever. And the final score was 23-21. So that was pretty damn close. Uh, I was close, but not close as you. Uh, So you not only picked uh, Washington to win, plus the points uh, and the total, but you also got the exact score just one hair off. That's pretty good. Killing it. Killing it like Taylor. Uh, Well, I mean, hopefully your first halves are better than Taylor Heineke. But Terry (laughs) McLaurin, as Mark just mentioned, uh, that – that dude's a dog, man, in, yeah. in, in the best possible way. All right, David, yeah. um, just as we wrap things up, you were a part of Ron Rivera's Monday press conference. He, you know, One of the things he was asked, whether the improved defense was a result of Cam Curl's play. Now, we know Cam Curl missed the first two games and returned for the Philadelphia game, but steadily the defense has gotten better, yeah. and they have were able, at least against Green Bay, to eliminate the big-time explosive plays. 
Do you think Cam Curl has had a major impact? Because Ron seemed to think it was more a combination of their younger players. Yeah, I mean, look, Cam helps bring an attitude to the defense that they don't have without him, and and that's very important. And, and when you saw him return to the defense, you saw that shift in attitude and that improvement, I would say, in, in the way that they play the game as a unit. So that's very, very important. But like Ron said, like Cole Holcomb is getting better and better as a Mike linebacker and a true Mike linebacker. Jamin Davis is getting more and more comfortable in his role. And I mean, you know, some of the stops that he made, especially there's just a really just kind of a sick stick that he made a uh, solo tackle in the backfield uh, on Sunday that just kind of makes it stand out even more. And Jack is learning how to really use his athleticism and his abilities uh, within the scheme a lot better. And, and I think it's just kind of coming with experience. And then, you know, a lot of people are talking about the absence of William Jackson being addition by subtraction. And, and to a certain extent, I think that's right. But also you look at Benjamin St. Juice and you look at the growth that he has had. And while a lot of people didn't like him moving inside in the first place, and I, I think he's, he's doing better back outside than he was doing inside, he was still doing very, very good inside. And it's harder to play the slot than it is to be a perimeter defender from a from a mental standpoint. And I think what you're seeing right now is having to learn that role, even if only for a short period of time, is really helping him take even more strides now that he's back outside. Yeah, I think that's a good point uh, because he spent most of the offseason training camp, the preseason. They are no doubt about it, a better defense on the back end with Fuller, St. Juice, and Rashad Wild Goose as the nickel as to what they were the first two weeks of the season. So uh, I, I think it's a combination, not just Cam Curl, but that was the question. And Cam certainly has made a difference, um, but I don't know if he's had some astronomical uh, impact. All right, we'll talk more about maybe why the defense has improved. I've got some numbers and some analytics, you know me, Mr. Analytics, uh, that I'm going to break out on the next episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. But we thank you guys for making the LOC, your first listen and view of the day. Now your second listen and watch should be the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Check them out. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we'll be back with that solo episode, and then David returns for crossover Thursday as we get you set for the Indianapolis Colts and the Washington Commanders. If you want to hop in, like Mark did, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line, or David Harrison is covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Foundation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell. Want to have the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 and always live and free on the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe and kind to one another. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.